everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding national liberal arts college. And we try to get that done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this ninth edition of the 1853 podcast of Monmouth's 2018-19 school year, we'll learn about an exciting new opportunity that will be offered this summer at Monmouth College to rising high school juniors and seniors. Art professor Stephanie Ball will discuss her wonderful show that is now on display in the Everett Gallery, and men's soccer coach Colton Johnson will handicap the stretch run of his team's regular season which he hopes leads to a postseason berth. This is the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Before we chat with this week's guests, some notes about upcoming events on campus. A reminder that the Department of Theater at Monmouth College has two must-see productions this month, The first is William Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream that will be performed October 25 through October 28 at the college's Fusion Theater at 230 South Main Street in downtown Monmouth. Then on October 30 and 31, there will be an encore production from last season. It's Philip Ridley's In Your Face, The Pitchfork Disney. That will be performed in the college's Wells Theater and the dark and disturbing play is a great way to celebrate the Halloween season. There's more information about both plays in the news section of the Monmouth College website, and that address is monmouthcollege.edu news. And as Major League Baseball gets closer to the October Classic, also known as the World Series, Monmouth College historian Jeff Rankin has the perfect talk schedule to put you in the mood. Jeff will speak about the origins of Monmouth baseball. That will be at 7.30 on Monday evening, October 22, in the Pati Auditorium of the college's Center for Science and Business. Jeff's talk is free and open to the public. This is the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Starting this summer, Monmouth College will offer an amazing experience to rising high school juniors and seniors. That's when the Scholars Academy at Monmouth College will open. The Scholars Academy at Monmouth College is a rare opportunity for high school students because it will provide intellectual immersion for them, an opportunity to pursue topics of interest at an in-depth college level. You can read more about the Scholars Academy at Monmouth College at scholarsacademy.monmouthcollege.edu. The director of the Scholars Academy at Monmouth College is Monmouth history professor Michelle Damien. Michelle says that the two-week enrichment opportunity will be ideal for the intellectually curious young person. So they will be coming here, living in the dorms, um, experiencing college life in all kinds of different ways. We've got Uh, So far, six different classes that will be taught over the course of these two weeks. Students will apply and choose three of those classes, and then they'll be assigned to two of them. And so in the mornings, they'll have uh, 
one session of their first class and one session of their second class. And then the same thing will repeat in the afternoon. The idea is having some maybe hands-on, a practicum kind of experience with each class in the afternoon. Michelle says the ideal student for the Scholars Academy at Monmouth College is someone who's curious. Who is considering going to college, but maybe might not know what type of college he or she wants to attend, uh, may want to get a sense of the different range of classes that they would experience at a liberal arts college, somebody who may not know what they want to major in yet and wants to have the chance to try out a number of different things without having to commit for a full-time semester, a full-time application to be at a four-year college. Um Students who are curious, students who are interested in having that immersive experience of living in a dorm, um, of interacting with their peers and with other college students. We are going to have current Monmouth College students act as advisors and mentors. Michelle says she got involved with the Scholars Academy at Monmouth College for a number of reasons. Initially, I was excited about the opportunity to start talking about my discipline. I teach Asian history uh, with high school students. And as things progressed and I had the opportunity to become more of a director position for this, uh, I wanted to embrace that wholeheartedly. And I do believe that this is a good program that it will get people excited about Monmouth College and about the opportunities here and the opportunity to interact with some of my colleagues in a different way that I have not been able to directly um, interact with some of the folks in chemistry or biology, people like that. That gives me the opportunity to uh, get to know people at a different level as well. Um, And to, again, bring this, what I do believe is a very exciting opportunity to these high school students. That's history professor Michelle Damien talking about the upcoming Scholars Academy at Monmouth College. It will be a great experience for rising high school juniors and seniors, and it starts next summer at the college. You can read more about it by going to the Scholars Academy at Monmouth College homepage, and that address is scholarsacademy.monmouthcollege.edu. The current show in the Len G. Everett Gallery over in the Hughes Library is called Objects and Experience. It's a wonderful collection of collage pieces by Monmouth art professor Stephanie Baugh. The show is on display through November 2nd, and there will be a reception on November 2nd from 3 to 4.30 in the afternoon. You can read more about the show on the cover of the Monmouth College website, and that address is, of course, monmouthcollege.edu. The pieces in the show are hung in clusters rather than separately. Stephanie explains that decision was made to give the viewer a kind of experience that reflects how they see things in the world. I think that it suggests a different type of viewing experience. It also creates a relationship between the pieces, which is not necessarily there and wasn't there when they were created. But I think it's how we always interact with the world as we uh, develop relationships between things that aren't necessarily there. And I like the... um, the potentially active role that it uh, invites for the viewer to find a way to find meaning in the pieces for themselves. Stephanie created most of the stunning collage pieces over the last two years, and she has some rules for how she creates her works. The majority of these pieces were made in the year 2017 or 2018. There's a couple of them from a few years before that. Um, All of these pieces were created uh, here in Monmouth at my home, 
And when I do the collage pieces, uh, I have a, a few sort of rules that I follow. One of those is that I only use found imagery. So pictures and uh, uh, text or um, you know whatever maps, art reproductions that I find in magazines and books, calendar pages. I never print anything purposefully, so I do not imagine that I need a particular type of image and Google it and then print it out at whatever scale I need. So there is a way in which the images themselves control a lot of the choices that I make because they are a particular size, they are a particular color, and I only work with what I can find. Stephanie collects materials for her collages from places she's visited and traveled, as well as from other sources. Um, I also, every time I visit my parents' house, find more magazines of hers, of, you know, my mom's that she's kept that I can call through. Uh, people now know that I do this, and they deliver items to my office door. I'll show up, and there will be calendars, you know, just sort of propped up waiting for me. Book covers, posters, I, I grab stuff wherever I can. Stephanie's works use imagery from a variety of sources in a way that taps into the viewer's own illusionary base and experience. I think that when a viewer approaches this work, the role in which recognizable imagery plays, it depends somewhat on the viewer. There are uh, moments when I'm putting a piece together and I know that somebody's going to recognize a particular map and say, oh, I've been there or they will recognize an art reproduction or have a relationship with the landscape um, or the animal. The fact that I use found imagery that I'm not selecting and printing and uh, these pieces, I do think there's a little bit of a statement in there about how bombarded we are with imagery already. We live in such a visual world and we're surrounded and flooded with pictures all of the time. And I'm interested in taking that resource and juxtaposing images in ways that they aren't usually seen so that new meanings are created um, rather than trying to create new things. Stephanie says she drew on lots of inspiration for the works in her show. Just as the viewer discovers the rich nuances in her works, Stephanie also discovered quite a bit while creating each piece. The works are often motivated by a, a feeling a, a mood almost, I could call it, rather than a specific sort of thesis. They do not have a, a direct statement behind them. And I find some place to begin, and then as I go through the process, it is a process of discovery for me. How do the images come together? Is some sort of narrative being developed as I put pieces together? And I rely on aesthetic cues, I rely on associative thinking, that this kind of reminds me of something else, or um, I'm looking for some, some aspect of resonance, that the pieces work together and feed off of each other, but often it's in a somewhat abstract way. I do consider all of these works to be abstract works, even though they are filled with recognizable imagery. What exactly they are doing is somewhat... Um, indistinct or ambiguous and I think that that is where I like for artwork to be inviting for the viewer um, and allowing the viewer to participate. Stephanie's show is also a reminder of why the viewer matters in art. 
the role of the viewer in completing a work of art, and it is sometimes said that a work of art is not complete until it has been interpreted. But the role that the viewer plays is something that I talk with students about very frequently, particularly art majors as they are moving into their junior and senior year and trying to figure out what they want to make art about. One of the most common pieces of advice I give them is to not be too literal, to not say everything, to not tell us the whole story, to not present the collection of facts or feelings, whatever they are doing, so that the viewer can participate. I think that that's an important aspect of artwork, and it's one of the reasons why this exhibition is called Objects and Experience, because the show is as much about the works of art on the wall as it is about the experience the viewers could have in uh, interacting with the pieces. That's art professor Stephanie Baugh. She has a great show called Objects and Experience on display through November 2nd in the Lynn G. Everett Gallery in the Hughes Library. There'll be a reception on the closing day, November 2nd, from 3 until 4.30 in the afternoon. You can read more about Stephanie's show on the cover of the Monmouth College website, and that address is monmouthcollege.edu. Before we get into the athletic segment of this week's podcast, a reminder of the plethora of ways in which you can follow Monmouth College throughout the social media spectrum. The college's main Facebook page is facebook.com slash monmouthcollege. The college's main Twitter account is at Monmouth. And the college is on Instagram, at Monmouth College. If you're on Snapchat, be sure to follow Monmouth on Snapchat at This Is Monmouth. And when you're tailgating before a Monmouth home football game this season, and a reminder that the Scots are home this Saturday against Cornell College, be sure to dial up the pregame show first on WRAM, then listen to some great songs posted by Monmouth College on Spotify. The Monmouth College men's soccer team has two more regular season games this Saturday at Grinnell College over in Iowa, then at home against Ripon College on October 27 to close out the regular season. If the Fighting Scots can run the table, there's a good chance they could qualify for the Midwest Conference Tournament, which includes the top four teams from the regular season. But Monmouth men's soccer coach Coton Johnson isn't looking beyond this Saturday's game at Grinnell. That kicks off at noon. Monmouth is 3-3-1 in the conference. Grinnell is 3-3, three and, three, and Lake Forest College is also 3-3, three and three, creating a logjam for fourth place in the conference. Both Grinnell and Lake Forest have three more conference games, whereas Monmouth only has those two. Uh, Grinnell's obviously a tough opponent. Um, they've been in the top four, um, you know, as long as I've been at Monmouth. So, um, you know, they're always a tough team. They're organized. They play really hard. Um, and so we're going to go over Saturday, and, and it's going to be a kind of like a, a conference tournament game because now we, we've got to win games. And so we're just going to take it as do or die and um you know and just try to find a way to to get a result on the road and that would be um really rewarding to uh to then move forward to ripon and and find a way to win that game as well 
After a rough 2017 season, Coton says that 2018 has had a lot of high points. A lot of guys that have played a lot of minutes in the past as freshmen and sophomores, um, and now the majority um, have played at least a season or two under their belt. And so I think just maturity, confidence, and that experience of playing, um, it's less of the uh, – Less of the coaching, the minor stuff, and more of moving on to more important things. And, um, you know, that makes my job a little bit easier. And they, they've brought the energy, um, their fun group to be around, and, um, and they play really hard. So um, I've enjoyed that part of it. In addition to being a season of more experienced players, Coton says this year's men's soccer team has shown a lot of maturity by the way it's bounced back from adversity. You can look at this weekend. We go to Lake Forest, who's perennially, uh, um, you know, in the top four, top three. They're, they won the league last year in the tournament, at least, and went to the comp, or the national tournament. Um, so we go up there Saturday knowing that we need a result, um, at least one on the weekend. And, you know, we played really well and responded to a tough tough game at Knox um, in the week before and so they showed up our energy was good um, and and we played really well the the sad thing is is that they ended up scoring two goals on the on equal chances that we had that we didn't score on so that's a tough tough way to lose a game um, against a good team and so we were a little bit upset with that but you know within 24 hours we're playing again at Lawrence and they you know they bring that same level um, you know two days in a row and we were able to to get a result yesterday on the road on a tough weekend so um, that's that maturity that you see um, the turnaround playing conference doubleheader um, that's 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 part of it. Coton says that members of this year's men's soccer team don't hesitate when it comes to holding one another accountable. Um, I think the biggest thing with this group is that they've been able to really get into each other and and make each other better in training um, because, you know, they've spent so much time with each other now over the last two to three years. And so they're they're good buddies and they're good friends, but they're not afraid to get into each other. Um, and so I guess that's, you know, I think it's a testament to them. But for me, it just reminds me that you have to focus on the simple things and, and recruit good players that can adapt and, and take the little things that you give as a coach. Um, and so that's, I think that's reminded me this season that, that you just have to stick to the basics and keep getting better each and every day. And Coton says that it's a lot of fun to be in the playoff hunt at the end of the regular season. To have, to have hope to, to play another week and to, to continue the season – um, it's, yeah, it gives you a, a sense of, of energy and, and focus that, you know, you really got to dial in, play the best that you can play, limit mistakes. Um, and just that, that hope, I guess it, it creates a different energy than, than if you're, uh, you know, not winning those games and, and you're, you know, your season's done in two weeks. That's Monmouth men's soccer coach, Coton Johnson, his fighting Scots travel to Grinnell college this Saturday then they close out the regular season next Saturday, October 27, here at Monmouth College. You can read more about the men's soccer team at MonmouthScots.com. That's your official home on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. You can follow Monmouth Men's Soccer on Twitter at ScotsMSoccer. And don't forget to follow Monmouth Athletics on Twitter. You can do that at MCFightingScots. 
Looking ahead to next week's 1853 podcast, we'll hear from a couple Monmouth students who are working to get students more engaged in the political process. Theater professor Doug Rankin will talk about the upcoming encore performances of his great production of the Pitchfork Disney, and we'll check in as we do every week with the friendly folks over at the Huff Athletic Center to see what's happening in Monmouth College Athletics. And that's going to be a 30 for this ninth edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast of the 2018-19 school year. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day. Thank you.